This is a podcast of the Church of Indian Lake. Well, good morning, everybody. You guys doing good? Good. I like a rowdy crowd. I want you with me. I want you wide awake and ready to go. If you would, turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians 5. 2 Corinthians 5 is where we're going to start today. Now listen, if you said to yourself just now, I did not bring my Bible, then I want to encourage you to go ahead, if you haven't already, and download the YouVersion app for your mobile device. You will not be disappointed. They just did an upgrade. It's phenomenal. I use it a lot. There's no shame in reading your Bible off of your iPhone. There's no shame in it at all. So if I see a glow coming upward, I know that it is you reading the Bible and not checking your Facebook. So be sure to do that today. Second Corinthians 5 is where we're going to start. I've entitled my message, My Name. Not specifically my name, because that might be a little egotistical, but I've decided to call it My Name this morning. Hopefully all of you have received a name tag that is not for you to write your name on just yet as we progress through the service uh, its purpose will become clearer to you. If you'll hold on to that name tag, then uh, I think you'll, you'll understand uh, where we're going with that. So 2 Corinthians 5, let's pray before we uh, read the Bible. Let's pray together. And, uh, and I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray aloud. But I want you in your seat, because this is a participation situation here. I want you in your seat to ask God to speak to you today. Because I don't believe that God just speaks to me, and I don't believe that God is just going to speak to you through me, but I believe he wants to speak directly to you as well, and he wants to transcend the human words that I use to deposit something incredible into your life, and uh, that's my prayers for you today. So let's pray, all of us together. Heavenly Father, we just come to you and we cry out to you. God, we thank you for your encouragement. We thank you for your love and your compassion. We thank you that you love us enough to challenge us today that you don't just set us on our path to work things out, but God, you interact with us on a daily basis, on a minute-to-minute basis. God, speak to us this morning. Put us in a position where we will listen to you. Put our heart into a place where it receives from you, that God, we don't reject your word this morning, but that we receive it with open arms. Challenge us this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say amen. Amen. My wife and I, uh, who's on the front row, as it turns out, we've, uh, we're on our third kid. I don't know if we're setting up franchises, working a basketball team. We're, we're on our third kid, and I can assure you that it's probably the last. But uh, our first two are boys, and, and we have a girl this time, which is a game changer. For those of you who know the situation, it's a game changer for us. Super excited. Uh, the problem is we've sort of set ourselves up to fail in a way. Uh, our, our, our boys, are, their names Roman and Jude, which are not real common names, and so we've sort of set ourselves up to have to come up with an epic name for our little girl. Now, we feel this pressure every single day we wake up because people are constantly asking us, hey, have you picked a name yet? Because everyone is, is on board with us. They're excited. It's not annoying at all. But it's, it fuels that pressure inside of all of us that, uh, well, just the two of us, you don't feel pressure to name our kid. But it fuels that pressure that we feel to name our kid. So we can't just go with like a Karen or a Susan. No offense to Karens or Susans. We can't just go with like a Delilah. Or, you know, we have to, we have to be very cautious uh, the name that we choose for a lot of reasons. Uh, we believe that Roman and Jude have big names. And we believe that God has big things for them. That they're going to will grow into their names. So there's a lot in a name. A lot. And when you, when you dive into to trying to name a kid or a pet or whatever, you, you start to look at the meanings behind the names. And it starts to scare you a little bit. Like you don't want to name your kid something that means like destroyer of all mankind. You don't want to name your kid something that's, you know, destructive or, or, or arrogant. You, you want to be careful. Because I believe that there's something powerful about a name. 
even more powerful than the birth name that you were given, provided you were all given birth names. You know they won't let you leave the hospital unless you're given a birth name. We've tested that theory twice. You have to give a name. So all of you have names. We're, we're under that assumption. A lot of times, even more than just a, a birth name is a label. Maybe a nickname that you've been given. Maybe you've rightfully earned that label or that nickname. Maybe you haven't. But most of us, we get labels placed upon us. Sometimes they're positive, but a lot of times uh, I find that they're negative. So maybe you've been labeled the, the office gossip. Or maybe you've been labeled uh, the cheapskate. Maybe you're the partier in the room. I don't know. This doesn't, doesn't feel like the party room today. But maybe you are. I don't know. I don't want to judge you too early. Maybe you're the partier. Maybe you're the guy that, you know, in the office who checks his morals at the door so that he could suck up to a boss to work his way in the company. I don't know what label you've received today. But I know that all of us tend to uh, receive those names that, that maybe we deserve, maybe we don't. But they don't necessarily point us in the right direction. If we've received a negative label, it often affects us. In fact, many times we find that there is sin attached to a specific label. So if your label is the office gossip, obviously gossip is a sin. If your sin is the, you know, the cheapskate, you're not given to God, obviously there's, there's things with that. I don't know what your label is today. But often there's sin attached to it. And I know that if you came in here with a label, no matter how good or how bad, whether you're the deadbeat dad in the room or whether you're the lady who uh, never wants to uh, do whatever the ladies do. I don't know. I'm not a lady. Regardless of the label that you walked into this room with, I can promise you, I can promise you with every fiber of my being, I can promise you that whatever label you came in here with, you don't have to walk out with. Because God gives you and I the power. His power is greater. As we sang today, our God, His power is greater than whatever label you came into this place with. His power is greater than any sin that attaches itself to that label. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, we read a very encouraging word that says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ Jesus, the new creation has come. Is that exciting to anybody other than me? The new creation has come. Check this out. Therefore, the old has gone. Again, it repeats, the new has come come. Maybe you're in this room and you're saying to yourself, I, I can't be reconstructed because I'm too far gone. I can't be re-educated. I can't be reformed. I need to be recreated. God's in the recreation business today. And I think it's really incredible to see uh, the power the, of baptism. The picture of baptism in our faith is the old passing away, going under, being washed clean, and the new coming back up. We have baptism coming up in a couple of weeks, and I encourage you, if you've never taken part of that, to get involved in that. Sign up at the communication center because there's something very powerful about that symbol. But God wants to, in a way, baptize each and every one of us this morning again. He wants to recreate you and I, reshape us, and recreate us from the ground up. And I don't know if you're in desperate need of that today, but I feel like I find myself often in a place where I need God to come in and rename me. I need God to come in and rename me. In order to change our name, I believe there's a couple of questions that we have to ask ourselves. I told you this is interactive. You've got to ask yourself a couple of questions. The first one is, am I ready for a new name? Am I ready for a new name? 
I don't know if anyone uh, close to you has changed, made dramatic changes to their physical appearance recently. Summertime's a big time for people to make those radical changes. Uh, my wife, she came home a couple of weeks ago, and uh, she had cut about 10 inches of her hair off. And uh, she walked into the house, and I was like, wow, it was shocking. Not like car accident shocking, but like very positive, you're just as pretty as you were with long hair shocking. It was shocking because... When we make dramatic changes to our physical appearance, it surprises people. It surprises ourselves, right? Why is that? It's because we get used to the way that we look, right? We get used to the way that we look. And a lot of times, the sin that comes with the label that we're given finds its way into our life very slowly. And often we don't even notice that we're sliding into that pattern. But the enemy is crafty and he works his way and he weaves his way into our lives. And we notice that a sin begins over a long period of time to work its way into our life. And it becomes habit. It becomes something that we don't even notice. I don't personally like making drastic changes to my physical appearance. Not that I have a whole lot of options. But I don't like to make those changes because I don't like looking in the mirror and going, Oh man, you just look different. And so I'd like to think that over the last five, ten years, I look exactly the same. In fact, if you were to ask me, David, do you look the same as you did five or ten years ago, I would say to you, absolutely. But uh, a couple of months ago, I was was shutting down my MySpace account. Probably you don't know what MySpace is. Some of you probably do. Uh, It used to be popular, and it's whatever. Uh, And so I was shutting down the account, and I noticed that there was a handful of pictures, quite a few pictures from, uh, you know, five, ten years ago. My wife and I, you know, had just met. There's some pictures where, you know, we were dating. And, And I was shocked to realize that I didn't look like myself at all. There's weight changes. There's, you know, beard changes. And I had a little thicker hair. There's things about me that I noticed that were different. And I feel like if you and I were to be uh, intellectually honest with ourselves this morning, we would all say that we don't necessarily look like ourselves or like we did years ago. Not physically as much as I want us to look at the spiritual aspect of that. That there are things that we've adopted into our life, whether they be habits, whether they be good or bad, whether they be sinful, that we've adopted into our lives, that if we were to be honest, we would realize things have changed in our lives. What happens in my experience is that we're given a label. Maybe you've been called the office gossip because you gossip once or twice. And that label sticks. And every day that you wake up, you start to find validation in that label. That it becomes, it begins to become your identity. That you start to obligate when you go to work, people expect you to be that gossip. Or the deadbeat dad who doesn't take care of the kids that he has across the country. And people start to expect that from you. And that becomes your identity. Maybe you're the guy that's, that's on the internet way late at night doing stuff you know you shouldn't. And that becomes your identity. That that label that you were given over time begins to wear itself into your life. Much like semi-trucks do on the interstate. If you notice where there'll be grooves where huge, inter, uh, huge trucks have just worn their way into the road and it makes ruts. Sin does the same thing in our lives. It begins to wear itself slowly. All of a sudden, one day we look up and we're addicted to pornography or we're in an emotional affair with a lady at our job or a man in our job. We look up one day and we haven't taken care of our kids. We check out in our families. Maybe you're the gossip. Maybe you've let your, your personal life slide. Maybe you let your relationship with God slip. Either way, nobody wakes up an addict. Not even Katy Perry, which some of you won't get that joke. Nobody wakes up as an addict. 
Nobody wakes up already stuck in sin. Everyone develops a pattern that slowly wears over time. And we begin to slowly adapt to that label that we're given. Are you ready for a new name? See, if you were to ask me today, David, do you want to shave your head completely? I would say absolutely not because it's shocking. And so many times we look at ourselves and we say, do I really want to change that aspect about me? Do I really want to be a better person? Do I really want to look more like Christ? And many times our answer to ourselves is no, because that takes more work sometimes. That takes a really hard self-assessment. That takes you and I being willing to make daily changes in our lifestyle to be more like Christ. And sometimes we just don't want to do it. Am I ready for a new name? Probably the best example of someone who's, who's changed their name dramatically is Saul. Saul... Um, was, was a pretty, pretty rough guy. In Acts, uh, in Acts 8, 3, we find uh, Saul's, uh, a snippet of Saul's story that sort of synops, uh, gives a really brief synopsis of, of what he did for a living. You and I, we work regular jobs, right? Saul did something a little bit different. But Saul began to destroy the church. That was pretty much his job. Now imagine if you would, if you were the guy that your job was to destroy the church. It goes on to say, going from house to house, he dragged off both men and women, and he put them in prison. I imagine in my mind, Saul is a bounty hunter with like a long flowing mullet, maybe like a leather motorcycle jacket and boots. I can't theologically back that up, but I do believe just in my creative mind that Saul was a pretty bad guy. Like a guy you wouldn't want to mess with if you saw him in a lit alley. You just walk away. His job was to go door to door, ask people, hey, are you a follower of Christ? Absolutely. Then he would have some options because he could do whatever he wanted to as a bounty hunter. Sometimes he'd drag you to jail. Sometimes he'd just drag you into the street and beat you. There are cases where he just drug people out and he stoned them. And he stood around and he held people's coats and he encouraged and he drummed up business. He was a bad man. I would venture to say, and this is just me going to guess, that no one in here persecutes Christians for a living. So we could pretty much be safe to say that Saul was on the top of a really bad list. You and I, we fall somewhere in the middle. Maybe you're down at the Mother Teresa level, you're down further down, or maybe you're a little closer to Saul. Regardless of where you're at, no one in this room, hopefully, is as bad as Saul. Yet God didn't ignore Saul. God didn't continue to allow Saul to walk down a path of destruction. Saul didn't destroy the church for too long because he had a God encounter. The second question you have to ask yourself this morning is, am I ready for a new purpose? I think it's interesting because with a new name comes a new purpose. So maybe your name is is a terrible parent. Maybe that's the label that you've received and you've begun to live up to that great name. Maybe the gossip or the party or you're the cheapskate, you're the whatever you want to fill in in your blank, that's you. And your purpose in life is to do what you do. When God changes your name, He redirects your purpose in life. Now, I work predominantly with students, and my job by and large is to encourage young people to realize that they have a purpose in life. But I think adults go largely ignored. Because we don't always feel like we have a purpose in life either. And we may be 30-something, 40-something, 60-something. we got a job. we got a family. But we still don't feel like we have a divine purpose in life. But I can promise you that when God comes in and gets a hold of your heart, when God comes in and changes your name, He redirects your purpose in life. For Saul, this was pretty radical. In Acts 8.20, it says this, 
At once he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. All those who heard him were astonished, and they asked, Isn't this the man who raised havoc in Jerusalem among those who call on this very name? And hasn't he come here to take them as prisoners to the chief priests? So here we have a guy who's shocking everybody. This is more dramatic than my wife cutting her hair. This is more dramatic than my old Facebook pictures. This is a guy who killed Christians, persecuted them, beat them, stoned them. And now he's telling people about Christ. Now the Bible isn't directly clear. But it alludes to the fact that many theologians much wiser than I believe that it was in in this God encounter with Saul on the Damascus road where God shook him out of his name Saul and changed it to Paul. But what I find really interesting is that if you read through the scriptures in Acts, it stops calling him Saul all of a sudden and it starts calling him Paul. Here's what's interesting about that is that it doesn't have to be this big deal where you go around saying, hey, my name's not this anymore, I'm not that way anymore. When God gets a hold of you, it's obvious to everybody. You don't have to throw a big name-changing party where you have a pinata and everybody comes and visits and you announce your new name. When God gets a hold of your heart, He changes your situation. I told our young people this last Wednesday, if you're a follower of Christ and true and you really embody what it is to be a Christian, you're not just the guy or girl who says they're a Christian and, and, and gets away with it. If you're really a follower of Christ, you don't necessarily have to tell people because they know it. They see it on your face. They hear it out of your language. They know you're a follower of Christ. The same with Paul. They didn't, he didn't have to go around saying, hey guys, I know I used to kill you and now I'm here to hang out with you. I'm no longer going to you know, stone you, so come hang out. It just happened. He starts preaching. People recognize it by the way that he talked and it began to change lives. And as most of you, if not all of you, understand that Paul has been credited with our church today. Paul is a giant in our faith. And he started out worse than you and I. Way worse than you and I. Am I ready for a new purpose? The last question that I want you to ask yourself is, am I ready for a new future? Am I ready for a new future? Because here's what's exciting about a name change, a label change that that comes from encountering God, is that it doesn't just change your purpose, it changes your future. Pastor Aaron last week, he said, and I'm going to just paraphrase here, so give me a little bit of liberty. You probably don't remember, but you might. It's a, he said, you have who you were, and you have who you are, but you also, who ha- you, you also have who you can become. And you and I, if we continue to believe what people have told us about ourselves, if we continue to listen to what people are calling us, if we continue to allow people to uh, direct our future based on a label or a name, that our future continues to get darker. But you and I can wake up every day and we can refuse to be like we were. And we can ask God to direct our path. Maybe for you, your label is financially uh, messed up. And God wants to help you make daily decisions. Maybe you're the guy that checks his morals at the door in the office. God wants to help you make daily decisions that would point you to a better future. Unfortunately, uh, or fortunately, I guess, I've spent some time in juvenile court, not for myself, but to help some of our students uh, 
get back on track, who've made, who've made bad decisions. And there's nothing more sad than sitting in juvenile court and watching case after case after case after case of young men and women who have great potential, who have great future, and yet they keep making poor choices that put them back in the system over and over and over. And a lot of them you can just tell that they come from bad home situations, that they're a product of their environment. And you want to shake them and you want to say, you don't have to be this way anymore. You don't have to be that guy. You don't have to be that girl. You have a future in Christ. And where most of us have probably never been in court for ourselves, we look the same way sometimes. And I believe that God wants to shake us today and say, you don't have to continue to walk down the path that you've been walking down. You don't have to continue to struggle with the same sin that you struggled with five years ago or six months ago. That God wants to break us out of that habit. And he wants to shake us out of that pattern that's woven itself into our life. And he wants to give us a new future. So for you and I today, we may say, I don't like who I am now, but I don't know how to get to where I want to go. I can tell you, get a hold of God. Because just like Saul found out, when you, God gets a hold of you, your life is changed forever. Are you ready for a new future today? Are you ready for a new future today? In order for God to rename you, you have to ask yourself, is my heart in the right place? Is my heart in the right place? It's an important question because a lot of times I find with young people, but also adults, more, maybe more specifically with adults, is that we've asked God to intervene in our situation time and time again. We've asked God to forgive us of our sin and break us out of that and, and, and shake us up in that pattern. And we find ourselves back in that sin. We find ourselves living the way that we did before. And we start to get disillusioned with God. And our heart starts to become hard towards God. And we get into services like this where maybe the Holy Spirit's moving and He's speaking to us. And He's saying, hey, you don't have to be this way anymore. And we say, you know what, God? I don't know because I've asked you so many times and I don't feel like you've answered me. Is your heart in the right place? Because I believe, and maybe I'm naive, but I believe that if we come to Christ with a humble heart and a willingness to change and a desire to be a better follower of Christ, a better husband, a better son or daughter, a better employee. If we have a true, pure desire, then God will give you and I the assistance to shake out of that pattern, to shake off that old name, to break out of that label that maybe you've walked around with for decades. Is your heart in the right place? The second question that you've got to ask is, am I holding on to anything? Because here's what I find a lot, is that we want to hold on to some stuff. Say, God, I'm going to give you my gossip. I'm going to give you my foul mouth. But I'm going to hang on to the pornography thing for a little while. I find a little bit of validation and I find some identity. And I'm going to hold on to that one. You can have everything else. We go before God and we say, God, you can have my life. Give it, I'll give it all to you. But I kind of want to hang on to my greed just a little longer. God wants it all. He doesn't want portions of your heart. He doesn't want portions of your life. He wants it all. Are you holding on to anything today? The third and last question that you've got to ask yourself is, can I release my past? Here's what happens a lot. We find ourselves in sin. There's a lot of, there's a lot of baggage that comes with that. There's a lot of guilt that comes with sin. 
And we ask God, we say, God, forgive me of my sin. Make me clean, make me pure. We don't forgive ourselves. We don't ever let ourselves be forgiven. And I found this scripture, and I don't know, it's like a nugget for me. It's, it's a, it, when, it, when I read it, it was just like a, a light bulb went off in my head. And I'm going to read it to you, and hopefully it, it says the same to you as it did to me. It's in Psalms 32.5. If you're taking notes, jot that down, because I feel like you'll want to revisit that in a second. Psalms 32.5, it says this, Then I acknowledge my sin to you, and did not cover up my iniquities. Here in Psalms, we find David filleted open for God to look through his life, to assess him, to work through his life. What vulnerability, what humility comes when you just allow God to just open you up and say, God, I release all of my sin to you. I give it all to you. Now check this out. I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the guilt of my sin. I feel like that could be a sermon in and of itself. That God forgave the guilt of his sin today. He wants to do the same for you. He wants to give you a new name. But you have to ask yourself, am I ready for a new name, a new purpose, and a new future? Is my heart in the right place? Am I holding on to anything? Am I willing and able to allow God to comb through my life, to allow the Holy Spirit to work his way through my heart, to do spiritual surgery on my life this morning? So that when you and I walk out of here, we don't walk out the same people. But that's the goal. We don't come to church because we get to put nice clothes on. We don't come to church because we get to log our time. We don't come to church because it might put us into heaven. We come to church so that we can walk out of here changed individuals. That in return, we can evoke change on our circle of friends, our community. That we allow God to change us so that we can change, help change others. This morning, do you believe that God is bigger and more powerful than your label? Do you believe that God is more powerful than whatever sin you drug in here? Because you don't have to leave with it. And that's not David's guarantee. That's biblical. You don't have to leave with the same stuff you came in here with. The choice is yours. If you would, bow your head and close your eyes with me. Across the room, bow your head and close your eyes. Maybe you're here this morning and you've been dragging around a label that just doesn't seem to fit. Maybe it fit you for a long time and and it just doesn't fit anymore. Maybe you're tired of it. But you and I, we have to come to a place where we despise that label. We have to come to a place where we hate that label and the sin that comes with it, with every fiber of our being. Because every single day, You've got to wake up and decide that you're not going to be that person anymore. The great news is you don't have to do it alone. That God's power is greater. As you sit there across the room with your heads bowed and eyes closed, I want you just to begin to talk to God. Just begin to ask God to do as he did for David, to comb through his life, to work through his heart. Allow yourself to come to a place this morning where you're filleted open for God to see, holding nothing back.
If you would, as quietly as you can, just stand with me this morning. Just stand as quietly as you can. I'm going to ask our prayer team to come down and join us. Because maybe for you today, you need God to do something big in your life. And it may have everything to do with what we talked about this morning. It may have nothing to do with what we talked about this morning. But you need God to intervene in your situation today. And you need some prayer. I want to give you that opportunity this morning. I want to give you that opportunity this morning to receive prayer. We're just going to pause for a minute. Jonathan's going to play through. And, and I want us all to continue in an atmosphere of worship and, and continue conversation with God because I don't want us to cut something off here this morning. We've still got a few more minutes. I don't want us to cut anything off because God's still speaking. He's constantly speaking to you and I. But if you need some prayer this morning, I want to invite you to come join us. For the rest of us, I want you just to, to sing along. Allow these words to pour over you. Because to me, this song embodies everything that we're talking about. Embodies everything that we're talking about here today. That God would wake us up. He would shake us out of our pattern of sin. He would put us in a different place. In our hearts, in this
morning across the room, I want you to uh, just grab that, grab that name badge, if you would. Grab that, uh, grab that name badge, wherever you put it. I just want you to take a look at it. Just, just stare at it. It's a, it's a very basic name badge. Hello, my name is. One of the, one of the things I want to draw your attention to is the blank that's in that space. There's a blank in that space. And I just, I believe today that if you put yourself in a willing position that God's recreating something inside of you and through his power, he's giving you the opportunity to walk out of here with a new name. What's your new name going to be? Are you now to be called forgiven? Are you now to be called loved? Maybe you're guilt-free. Maybe you're raising your standards in your life. I don't know what your new name is, but God does. And you can allow him to write that on your heart as you leave here today. That you walk out of here with a newfound potential, with a new future, with a new mindset. That you're changed. You're changed today. You don't have to walk out with the same guilt. You don't have to walk out with the same sin. We've allowed God to waken our souls this morning to shake us out of our mundane life, to shake us out of our pattern, to break us. I just want to pray for you. I just want us to seal this up in our heart as we leave. Heavenly Father, I believe that you're rewriting our name today. You're rewriting our name. God, give us a new focus. Give us a God focus. Give us a new future, a God future. God, give us the strength today, each and every person, left to right, back to front, oldest to youngest. Give us the strength today to live up to our new name. God, when we go to work tomorrow, there's going to be that temptation to sink back into that old lifestyle. May we have the strength that only comes from you to break out of that pattern. As we go home today, we have the potential to slide back into that pattern. Let us break out of that today through your strength. And we thank you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the podcast of the Church of Indian Lake.